Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Bud Light Big Game Week 5 shows live from Radio Row here in Vegas at the Mandalay Bay. And joining me right now, special guest, former Washington Redskin. Of course, you can check him out on 106.7 The Fan with B. Mitch and Finley. Brian Mitchell, what's going on? What up, A.Y.? Man, we, we've worked together for a while, but the first time getting you on the show. Wow, man. What, what you didn't like me or something? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just starstruck, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. Do you get starstruck at all here with Dan Marino, Gronk, and all these guys, or are they just regular people to you? Regular people at this point because I've been to, oh, man, well over 20 of these. Yeah. And I've uh, walked on this. I've interviewed and hung out with a lot of those guys, become cool with them. Hung out with Gronk in uh, New Orleans. Oh, wow. At, at one of the little parties, and uh, that's a wild dude, let's just tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael was telling us here that Radio Row is back. Like, this is better this year than the past few years. Oh, yeah. It, it, it died off a little bit, and I think um, – but now you can see we're beyond COVID. Yeah. And everybody's coming back. But then think about Vegas. You know, they, they, they are the leaders of inter- entertainment, and who doesn't want to go to hang out in Las Vegas? Right. You know, so I think everybody came here. You can see all the TV sets that are around – Almost every station around the country are sending their people in. Uh, I think at one point people were not sending them in. Right. You know, they didn't have as much excitement, but, you know, it, it's getting back to where it was. Yeah, and it's already been worth it here with two shows on on to show three. So, Brian, i got to tell you something funny here. So, I'm one of the biggest Ron Rivera haters. Like, uh-huh. I was all season long, I was asking for him to be fired. Please, Ron, turn in your key card. Uh-huh. I'm done with you. So after the Cowboys loss, we did a bit on my show where we took callers. I said, I want Ron gone. Let's bring in a former player to coach up the team here, like Jeff Saturday, just to give the fans something to watch. Uh-huh. Our phone lines lit up with people who wanted you hired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess it's, my mindset is always that you have to be accountable. Mm-hmm. I think I would love to have people that go out there and believe in their jobs and, 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 and have some ownership of it. Uh, I, I don't think the team was motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that, you know, we always say that they're an extension of the coach. And I, I didn't see much motivation. I didn't see much excitement. I didn't see a lot of anything. And you can see that the play was just like that. So something had to change. And if I were, uh, was, was the one that did given that type of chance, I would have done that. Yeah. You know, I, I, you got to hold people accountable. If you allow guys in this day and age, to just do whatever, they're going to do whatever. Yeah, I mean, he lost the locker room. That was for sure at the end of the season. Now, it did work out with Josh Harris holding on to him because you get the number two overall pick. Yeah, you do. And uh, now they're in a position where they have to make that hit. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the thing about it where this fan base has been beaten down so much to where this hit has to be a home run. Yeah. You know, they can't just worry about what people think. They got to make sure they go and dissect and research and make sure the pick that you make is going to be the right one and it has to work. Yeah, and we've seen this team move up in the draft before, throw away a lot of picks for their future to get a Robert Griffin the third. Yep. That didn't work out. Yeah. But I think you have to take that risk on Caleb Williams. I'm all in on moving from two to one to get a guy that I think is a generational athlete. I just think that, you know, you're looking at that position, that's a lot to give up to move one spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I, I, I don't Like the Bears would fleece us. The, the Bears are tr- – they, uh, they, if you get the pick and you want it, you got to give a lot. Yeah. And – the fact of getting rid of Chase and Montez to get extra picks, they will try to put themselves in a position to move up in a certain realm. So, for me, I believe that they have to, you know, you, you don't have to move up. There are other quarterbacks in this draft, too, that are going to be damn good. But you have to build this team and make this a better overall team to be able to uh, win. And if you give up so much and you can't get extra pieces to help, 
How good is that? Brian Mitchell here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat, broadcasting live from Radio Row. Thanks to Bud Light. Bud Light, big game uh, week here. So Dan Quinn gets hired. What are your thoughts on, on Dan Quinn and, and his past stops in the NFL? Well, you know, I, I look at his past stops, and uh, it wasn't like the sexiest, but ultimately I'm looking at Dan Quinn, and he seems to be the guy who knows how to motivate guys. He gets a lot out of them. And I think in his second stint, he also understands that he can't do everything. You know, when you're trying to run a team and also call the plays, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. And now Dan is going to be that guy motivated. You look at the Detroit uh, Lions right now. Dan Campbell is an offensive guy. You think he's a defensive guy the way he motivates guys. Yeah, right. But Dan Campbell is there to only basically go out there and make sure his guys are in the right mindset. And he's holding them accountable week in and week out. And then he has other guys calling those plays. I think Dan Quinn is going to be doing that type of thing. Yeah. Where he's going to make sure guys – John Harbaugh does exactly the same thing in our Baltimore. That is what you're looking for. If you're a coach, people say offense, defense, it don't make me a difference. If you're not a leader, you're not a motivator, who gives a damn what you are? Right. You're not going to get your team to go play behind you anyway. But I think he's going to be able to do that and now has learned from that first stop, especially as a head coach. Now he's also went some other places, but you watch his defenses. They're normally good. Yeah, and look, leader of men was the term that Adam Peters kept yeah. using in his press conference. And, you know, you mentioned Dan uh, Campbell. I think Dan Quinn's like Dan Campbell mixed with Pete Carroll, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like kind of put them together young at heart, going to make it like a college atmosphere, uh, I think. So I'm really excited for that. But they've got a hit on the offensive side of the ball Definitely. now. And Kingsbury comes in, and, and that seems like a, a risky hire. A lot of upside, but also it hasn't worked out. It didn't work out for him. As a head coach. Yeah. And it normally don't work out for a lot of people as a head coach coming from college in their first stint. Uh, I think that now where he just has the opportunity to just focus on his offense, it may help him out. You know, uh, when you're looking for these guys. But the thing that uh, Kingsbury brings, when he works with quarterbacks, they normally get better. Yes. And I think that's what we're looking at. I think that anyone that doesn't have a brain would think that we're not going to take a quarterback in the second pick. But I think they're going to have to take a quarterback. And when you see a guy that has been very good working with quarterbacks, that's why you do that. You bring in somebody that can be the person who focuses on him mostly and move forward. Washington is trusting the process here with Josh Harris. It's going to take a few years. Hopefully Cliff can improve the quarterback play. Dan can improve the defensive side of the ball. Leader of men, from your time in the league, like what does that look like? Can you give us an example of that kind of a coach? Well, that kind of coach is the guy who's going to hold his – make sure his guys – or where their feet are, per se, <laughs> in the right place at the right time. They're going to make sure that they're going to be uh, high on their skills, understand their job. You know, they're going to be held accountable. They're not going to be giving up plays every week and they keep playing every week. If you're giving up plays, you're probably sitting your ass on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a leader of men. A leader of men is a guy who gets guys coming into work and happy to be at work. A guy, guys that show up there and, want, and do things that you don't ordinarily want to do. But you coach, you believe in your coach so much that you just go out there and do it full speed anyway. That, that's what I see. Andy Reid was that way. Joe Gibbs, damn sure, was that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I got up to uh, Philadelphia, and I can understand how you can drain, uh, you, you, can, you can take the air out of something when I went to Fossil. Yeah. He, he was that type of guy. No energy. You know what? But I look at Harbaugh now in, in Baltimore. You know, I look at Kyle. I look at Sean, the energetic guys that people want to play for. You know, the leader of men doesn't mean that I'm going to be yelling at you 24-7. It means that I'm going to expect you to be a man. That's the, as I think Dan Quinn talked in his uh, thing where p- things going to be expected of you. You know, I'm going to treat you like a man. If, 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 you want, if you say you're a man, 
that I don't have to tell you to go study. I don't have to tell you to take home your work with you. I don't have to tell you to know all of your, uh, your, your skills, the, the things you're supposed to do, uh, your offense, your defense. I don't have to tell you that if you're a man. So he's going to treat them like men, and if they're not, I guess they'll be, they'll be, they won't be around. Joe Gibbs, so much success here in Washington. I know him from Joe Gibbs 2.0 because yeah. I'm only 31 years old. But when you were with them and the team, I mean, what kind of things did he do to motivate the guys? The thing about Coach, it wasn't like no rah-rah stuff. Yeah. It's just uh, when he talked to us on a Monday, he laid the groundwork of what the week is going to be about. Organization. Yeah. He made sure, and when you walked in the building, before you saw Coach Gibbs, the players were letting you know what was going on. We hear that word culture, okay? And I think culture gets thrown around so much, but when you have to tell me what your culture is, you don't have culture. Yeah. When I walked into Washington, I instantly knew how important it was to play against Dallas. I instantly knew how tough it was to play in the NFC East. I knew what was expected of me because Monty Coleman let me know. Mm -hmm. Okay? All those other players let me know. Players holding players accountable. Exactly. And what it is, the coach gives that ownership and that power to the players to run the team and help them run it. There are a lot of coaches who do not want that because they're now worried about – are they not going to listen to me? Yeah. No, you need to find out who the leader of your football team is, partner with them, and you can run the team. But when coaches don't want players to be leaders, it's going to be a problem most times. Brian, before I let you go, defensive side of the ball with Dan Quinn, which player improves the most with his tutelage? I'm going to look at linebacker position, you know, because you watch a lot of the defenses he's been on, his linebackers can play. Mm-hmm. And the thing I like about him, if someone has an unbelievable skill level, He's not going to put them in a box. He's going to try to utilize everything that they can do. So when I look at Jamin Davis, a guy who's super athletic, but they tried to make him play a position he had never played. And then they make him stick to that scheme instead of using his athleticism sometimes. I believe Jamin Davis could be one of those guys that makes a major jump. I love that. Uh, We were getting fired up yesterday. Somebody posted, Jamin Davis compared him to Micah Parsons. I mean, mean, you should have seen me, man. (laughs) I was losing my mind. Hey, I don't know if he's a Micah Parsons, but (laughs) I think that you can find other things that he can do. Like, what what I I didn't like a lot about this previous regime and some before it, where they would draft guys and move them to another position. Yeah. And then when they weren't good at it, they never ever tried to put them back in the position they were good at. I don't think – I'm looking at Adam Peters and crew now. They're going to pick people that is good at what they want them to do. Not, oh, I'm going to pick this guy and make him become something else. You know, you can't – You can't do. everybody can't do that. Yeah. If a guy happens to be the person who comes in and do it, let him do it. But if he can't, why force him? Yeah. That's Brian Mitchell. Check him out on B. Mitch and Finley, Monday through Friday, 10 to 2, on the Odyssey app. Thanks so much, man. I man. Appreciate you. Yep. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas. Bud Light, big game week. Michael, so there was a lot of commotion going on there. It was like 35 people, about 15 different cameras. I'm like, i got to figure out what's going on. It was our girl, Kay Adams. That's your girl, Kay. I mean, not that she's not my girl. I think she's incredibly talented. I I think, like, you, I, you want to give her to me. That's I, fine. I've got, like, a top five, top ten, like, people I enjoy watching on TV. Yeah. And she's in it. She's very good. Yes. I, I think you've got, like, a special, like, number one tier above that tier reserved for her is what I'm picking up on. I When I see her clips on social media, 
I cannot scroll past it without clicking. <laughs> it's like that bit, like, you know, if you don't click this, you'll have bad luck for seven years. <laughs> I need to click on every Kay Adams tweet of all time. If I get her to do a you're listening to AWOD radio, would that, I mean, is that? <laughs> Just hearing you say that. <laughs> uh, uh, I need a challenge. I, I, I'm, I'm, I need a challenge. I got nothing. To, I got no words. Okay, I got. I need a challenge, so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put that. I love that. Put that in the bag, man. You've been killing it, dude. You've been going around, talking to people, doing different interviews. You're gonna do a phone interview in about 15 minutes. Which station are you going on? Uh, no, uh, I am talking to the uh, guy who uh, drives the Budweiser Clydesdales. Oh, uh, it's Bud Light Big Game Week. So Bud Light uh, Big Game Week. He'll be on. He'll be on tomorrow talking about the Clydesdales. Uh, but then we got uh, DeAndre Carter swinging by later, uh, so we'll record that for tomorrow's show. Yeah, I uh, love hearing from him. Uh, been on the fan in dc uh been on uh in yeah we did a little swap you went on b mitch and finley that b mitch came on my show it, it was a home and home situation yeah <laughs> I, you know a lot of these a lot of these people have had me on to talk redskins football team commanders over the years and uh you know chance to remake acquaintances and talk about how much juice radio row has all right stub can we hear that commander's corner theme song here because michael and i want to do a bit dan quinn refuses to use the term Rebuild, And it makes sense because if you're a head coach and you use that term, you usually get blown out after two years. A GM can use that, right? Yes. That's his That's his term. That's what he wants to do to build this team. Very right? much so. Dan Quinn used recalibration. What does recalibration mean to you? I'll tell you the definition is a change in the way you do or think about something. It meant a major recalibration of our plan to calibrate something again. I think of like you got like four tires on the car and they're like you, your your car's like hooking to the left when you don't touch the wheel or right. like you know your ride's a little bumpy. You got isn't that yeah? Isn't that and that's a great term because that's what I think Dan Quinn wants to do with this roster. He doesn't want to take out the four tires and replace them. No, recalibrate them. To me, that means hey, let's get the most out of Jonathan Allen. Let's get something out of Emmanuel Forbes. Right? Did, He's going to recalibrate the defensive side of the ball. Is he lying to himself about how good this roster can be though? Is that a danger here? Well, he, look, he only pointed to two position groups, <laughs> D-tackle and wide receiver, and I agree those are our best positions. If he leaves all four tires on the car, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wonder. I don't think Adam <laughs> Peters is leaving all four tires on the car. Yeah. I don't think that's in play here. Uh, I, I think that the roster we see going into training camp will be very indicative of how Adam Peters views the refresh, uh, recalibrate, rebuild restore argument yeah um if if he leaves it largely untouched uh i'll i'll give you like okay i think he thinks good coaching can make a difference and we're going for it uh if he turns this whole place over top to bottom that tells me he's he thinks rebuild no matter what the coach thinks to standardize something such as measuring an instrument uh, by determining the deviation from a standard so as to ascertain the proper correction factors uh, basically, <laughs> All right, we got a, we got a few, yeah, I know, right? We got a few good guys on the defensive side of the ball that just were not getting coached up well by Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. And I'm starting to fully buy into the my my case here, my thought that I had during the season, which was Ron lost the locker room several weeks before we were talking about him losing the locker room. Um, I, I I don't know that it was the- gone by Thanksgiving. Certainly, the the two games, the loss to Devito and the Giants, yep. and then Dak eating the turkey leg on Thanksgiving, it was over. Stick a fork in him. The last few games had had no juice at all. Obviously, but I, I think you could also go back to the Chicago Bears game as well. Man, they 
That Philly game the week before, though, they take the Eagles to overtime. You know, your, your alternate history on that if they win that game yeah. is, man, they worked so hard beating the Eagles, they ended up losing to the Bears because of it. But they lost to the Eagles, so you end up with zero wins. Yeah, how much do you think that Eagles game, even both the Eagles games, though, were like, hey, this is division rivalry game. They went to the Super Bowl. I think that was a lot of the players motivating the oh, players. No doubt. But, you know, it, the long – in the NFL, if you're not in the playoff chase, you're nobody. Yeah. That's why, I mean, how, how many teams are in that in-the-hunt graphic in week 15, week 16? Not Washington. Week 17. <laughs> so few teams are actually out of the playoffs going into week 16 in a given year, uh, and these guys were. And once you're once you're out of it, once you're off that graphic, it's really hard to get, get yourself going to play football each week. It's, yeah. it's just so hard to motivate yourself to go collide with another human being for, for not having that payoff on the other side. When you have a contract that's ex expiring, that makes sense. Yeah. When you're already locked in, you've already got the bag, why risk an injury? Yeah. It's, you know, and and I felt that way with some of the tackling at the end of the season, honestly. Oh, absolutely. I, I won't dispute that at all. And You know, guys who know they're coming back, that's one story. But you had a lot of guys who were fighting to come back. and uh, I think you had some spirited performances. Uh, uh, the Jabberwockies walking I know. Uh, can we talk about them for a second? Because sure, they were there to. last night. And I, I was kind of like, wow, that's awesome. But also I was like, how long has it been since they were, like, popular? They're also um, – it's a blue man style thing where yep, you, you – They don't talk. You could have an infinite number of Jabberwockies <laughs> and send them to an infinite number of events at yeah. a given time. Like, They're not dancing. I kind of want them to be breakdancing here at Radio Row. I will say this. I want that, too. That's not good radio content, but uh, you know, hopefully somebody can get some juice out of the Jabberwockies <laughs> today. I don't, I don't think it's going to be us here on the fan. Uh, I, I do think, though, go, going back to your point, uh, Chris Rodriguez, very strong late-season performances at running back. Uh, offensive line, I don't know that anybody stepped up. I don't know that you can trust Chris Paul. I think Sadiq Charles is on his way out. Uh, if you count on Charles Leno, that's going to be fool's gold. We've seen it time in and time out. Uh, you've got a big project to set up an offense that's capable of handling whoever's coming. Do you know uh, offhand here, is there an offensive lineman on the 49ers whose contract will be up and maybe Adam Peters will bring someone with him? Like, are there anybody yeah. on the Niners roster you think Peters will bring with him? Well, you look at the Cowboys' defensive roster too, right, if Quinn's going to want to bring somebody. The thing that I'm, I'm watching for is, you know, can you – pry an offensive lineman away from a team. You see so many franchise tags in that space. You see so many long-term deals in that space. That was part of why the Brandon Sheriff thing was a little bit scandalous. If you have a player that good, you generally don't let him out of your building at any cost. It's It, it's, it was very surprising. Michael Phillips, you can check him out. MP on the mic Monday through Friday from 10 to noon. Also, blogging the fan richmond.com yes, yes. Uh, we've got a lot of, a lot of good feedback uh for your article yesterday about <laughs> my exclusive interview with adam Schefter. if you go on the website right now you can uh listen to joe theisman also check out the blog about that interview theisman was awesome he was uh, so good and you are on the case for this Eric B. Enemy situation here in which uh. he went to the afc title game and spoke to the players had approval of the, from the Washington. Contenders. Oh, you 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 figured we're, out. We're good. Um, hey, we're give clear. us a little more information about that. They signed off on him going to talk to the Chiefs before the AFC title game because at the time they had not made a coaching hire. Right. He was still in the running. Uh, they had signed off on him going to, to visit. So with the is that also go with your take from yesterday? Like you were a little shocked that they hired Kingsbury without announcing the enemy's future too. I just felt now. I think when they let him go talk to the Chiefs, that was probably his indication of how this was going to go. Yeah. I just think like. 
there's what they know and there's what everybody knows and there's what everybody perceives. And Eric Bieniemy is such a hot-button issue right now um, and has been for three years, right? Will he get an opportunity to coach? Should he get an opportunity to coach? If you need a picture with the Jabberwockies, are right behind you, <laughs> by the way. Uh, our, our guys, uh, there we go. We got uh, we got Bram on the scene here. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be a good radio guest, Bram. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is the juice you're looking for here for uh, for the Empire I Network. love the look. I'm, just, I'm obsessed with it. It's such it a is. great They've jacket. They've been around for a while, Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Can we get a no, selfie, Jabberwockies? Come on now. <laughs> Broadcasting live. From Radio Row. There you go. Oh, they're coming, oh, they're coming over there. Here we go. Here we go. Over. Come on. Right. Live you radio. I'm sure this is entertaining. Uh, at, I'll, uh, I'll do the play-by-play -play here. Oh, these are the guys. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you so much. We appreciate your service to the dance industry, to the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, That's awesome. Adam Epstein there getting his picture with the Jabberwockies. You wore the suit today. It was a great day to wear the great suit. Great day to wear the suit. Great day to wear the great suit. Great day to wear the suit. Hey, yep. so yesterday at the Blackjack table, we had Hannah, the Ukrainian blackjack dealer. I asked her. Do you know Max Shulga? <laughs> well, after another performance last night, she might find out about Max Shulga. Powers VCU to a second half double, third double. and a victory over Ford. And we'll recap the Rams' win next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Eight zero four zero nine ten. You can always tweet us at nine ten the fan at AWOD Radio. Just posted a picture uh, of me with the Jabberwockies, and Tommy tweets me, "Is that Ed Sheeran?" That is now the ninth time I've been told I look like Ed Sheeran here from Radio Row. I need to fully commit to the bit stuff. I need to go and buy a fake guitar and just walk around here and 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 try to convince people that I'm Ed. I think you do can I do it. Do I even look like him, really? <laughs> I don't think like, so. I, I, I think the suit. You know might what's be frustrating is because I, I I hate when people say that I'm a ginger or that I have red hair. I believe strongly that it's strawberry blonde. All right, and Ed Sheeran, it's not strawberry blonde. Like that is no. red hair. Um, I think it's the beard maybe that are getting people. But I'm I don't know. We do kind of have all. similar noses. You're not seeing it at all. No. All right, that's yeah. fine. No, I used to be a strawberry blonde myself. I, I think you do lean a little bit ginger. Yeah, but not enough. Okay, right? All right. Like, <laughs> no, it's okay. Is is JC around? Because I'm done with you, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come on now. That's the one thing I don't like. I literally just told you that. I, you're, I, you're, you're, I'm, I'm putting I'm you. Giving, I'm putting I'm, you in timeout. <laughs> I'm putting you in timeout. You said I was a. Turn your damn you mic said I was an average-looking man earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Do you disagree? You think you're above I average? I think I'm Come above average. Now. All right. All right. Well, they, the, the averages have dropped. <laughs> All, All right, right. Let's get to that VCU win over the Fordham Rams. It was Ram on Ram crime from the Bronx, New York last night as VCU uses Max Shulga and a second-half surge to defeat Fordham 75-60. to Shulga finished the game with his first-ever double-double in a VCU uniform. Uh, Joe Bamisil, 13 points off the bench. And, and really, that's the biggest thing that sticks out is you look at the box score, and I get it, right? They had the change in the lineup there. Sean Barristow returned but did not start, so he comes off the bench, and Jason Nelson, Zeb, and Max Shulga are the starting guards. But the bench points, VCU 42, Fordham 17. A lot of that, Barristow, he had 12. Bamisil had 13. Michael Bell with 9. Toby Lawal with 8. But 42 freaking points from your bench unit. 
It's just unbelievable. This is one of the deepest VCU rosters we've had in a long time. And really, they turned up the heat defensively in the second half. In the first half of this game, Fordham was 7 of 15 from the three-point line. They were hitting open looks. They were hitting tough shots. They were hitting shots at the end of the uh, shot clock and held the lead for most of the half. VCU comes storming back, took a one-point lead at the half, 32 to 31. They held... Fordham to 27% from three in the second half, 46% from the field as they outscored them 43-29 to to come away with the 15-point win. And that sets up a monster matchup Friday at the Stew. Sell out the Stew, white out the Stew as the Dayton Flyers come to town. Dayton also won their game last night, so they're tied at the top of the conference with the Richmond Spiders. VCU now another tie for third place. Uh, at 7-3. and three. So this is the, the biggest game of the season coming up on Friday, and you can hear it here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Unfortunately, I will still be in Vegas, but I did hear the czar and the sports director at WRNL. Gary Hess will be filling in for me on the extended pregame show that's Friday starting at 6.15 right here on 910 The Fan. And that's going to be a nationally televised game on ESPN2. And I'll tell you right now, the Rams have their work cut out for them against big man Duran Holmes. Last year, you had an excellent performance by Jalen Delotes. You also had Brandon Johns Jr. who could switch out and guard uh, Duran Holmes. Now, it's going to be up to Christian Furman and Toby Lawall. And what you want to do is take a page out of the Richmond Spiders book, which is let Duran Holmes shoot the three-point shot. I hope he makes his first attempt. He took 10 against the Spiders. We're talking about an All-American player here at Dayton in the post sitting around the arc shooting threes. That's exactly what you want if you're a Ram fan. You want Deron Holmes on the outside. That way he can't get offensive rebounds. That's where he burnt the Rams a lot last year was second-chance opportunities, bunnies around the basket with dunks and layups. If he's floating around the outside, that's the best-case scenario for the Rams here, who shot 51% yesterday from the field, 26 of 51, including 43% from three-point line. You're starting to see Zeb Jackson get fully healthy again. He provided a pair of buckets that sparked a 20-4 run to open the second half. I think we need to be spending more time talking about Coach Ryan Odom's adjustments. It has been several times this season where the Rams have been shot like a cannon out of the gate to start the second half. 20-4 run. A lot of that. Freshman swingman Michael Bell, who hit a three-pointer from the right corner. Zeb with a few assists during that run. But my favorite play, Zeb Jackson, the right-handed uh, guard there. can he, Or left-handed, excuse me, left-handed guard. Loves to go right. But when he goes left, you see he has this new move. I think he's developed it this season. Well, he'll go hard left, stop his dribble, or excuse me, stop his momentum, keep his dribble alive, turn back around, and then immediately go back to the left side. So yesterday he drove baseline, was cut off, took one dribble, turned around, spun baseline again, and one reverse layup. It was one of the prettiest layups we've seen. Zab Jackson, and then like the Joker, fell to the floor, and started laughing. I saw that video posted uh, by VCU Hoops on Instagram and Twitter. You guys know Zeb's my favorite player on the team. So good to see him getting back to full health after the back spasms about two weeks ago. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live 
from Vegas, Rob Gronkowski, Dan Marino, you know, celebrity after celebrity making the rounds here. Soren Petro is the host on 810 WH be in Kansas City. We'll get the Chiefs' perspective on the big game from Soren Petro coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So a little inside radio here. This is not Soren Petro with me. It's Michael Phillips because Donovan McNabb walked by. I go, McNabb, I was a huge fan. He says hi. He goes, oh, you're a fan of the fan. You're doing a bit about 9-10. And then Soren Petro's boss. He said, boss, I'm a fan of the fan. Right. Soren Petro's boss comes over and says, hey, Soren just got an uh, interview with <laughs> McNabb. He's not going to be able to make it over here. Thanks, thanks for playing. <laughs> um, you have replaced one Kansas expert with another. Though. Right. Yeah, so that's a so good in a, point. In a lot of ways, that was an even trade. A, a, a Sports radio host who lives in Kansas City has been traded for a sports radio host who used to live in Kansas. Was Soren on air when you grew up? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, really cool guy. And uh, he's going to join the show tomorrow live from Radio Row. During the season, I've been his East Coast guy when he needs to talk commanders. One time they had me on to talk Wizards. I was like, what are you doing? This franchise sucks. (laughs) Don't waste your time. People in Kansas City don't care about that. But with McNabb, I wanted to tell him the story of when – I was about 14 years old. McNabb came over to Washington. Andy Reid got us, but I didn't know that at the time. I thought he still had a lot of juice left in the tank, and I was a season ticket holder with my dad. For some reason, I had this crazy idea to, instead of wear a jersey, to create my own. So I grabbed a white T-shirt, and with a Sharpie on the floor of my kitchen growing up in Barrington in, in Fairfax Station, I remember it like it was yesterday. I printed out a picture of Donovan McNabb. I put it under the T-shirt, and I did like a cartoon version of his head, right? And so the front of the T-shirt said uh, Donovan McNabb, and it had a picture of him that I hand-drew. On the back, I drew the number five jersey, and instead of writing McNabb, I wrote McNasty. I don't know why. I thought he was going to kill it. And so I go to the game. They're playing against the Eagles. It just so happened to be the Monday Night Massacre. I'm a kid wearing a white T-shirt in the rain as Michael Vick put up 50 points on us. It's it was a, wild. I mean, that's that. there's a lot of low points, but that's one of them. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that was the first time where I ever said to my dad, I think we should leave before the end of the game. Yeah. I was always a triple yeah. zeros on the clock guy. It's not over. Yeah. So the fat lady sings. Yeah. The fat lady was singing that night. That, that was, I mean... To, to off the contract too, like the juice of like Monday Night National right. TV splash signing, uh, for it to go that badly that quickly, uh, that that's absolutely a low point. Uh, it in among low points. I want to talk a little food here, Stub. Can we do an impromptu dude food here on the final segment of AWOD Radio? Woo. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. All right, so... Yesterday at the Media Night event, I blame Michael Phillips for not letting me try the dumplings. We went inside. We said we were going to go back outside and get the dumplings. Didn't happen. Uh, but with that being said, spicy meatballs, were they the best thing served yesterday? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the um, I think the pizza was. Oh, yeah. I think the they, pizza- had, they had the curled pepperonis. That's, that's- it was square pizza. That's my thing is, is when the pepperonis crisp up and, yeah. and, you know, they're a little crispy around the edges. Um, the drinks were good. 
Uh, the the fried chicken, the chicken, uh, what they call oh, it? Chicken Pop- popcorn, popcorn chicken. chicken popcorn yeah. chicken. That was good. The garlic um, shrimp was good. You know what you didn't have that was good because you made fun of me for having it? The cheesecake. Yeah. You know, and I understand why you made fun of me for it because I ate the, if we ate eight dishes last night, ballpark, the cheesecake was third. Um that's not the right spot in the batting order. Right. The whole thing. Was it was a, a weird. It was a wacky. The room was designed so you walked from one end to the other and you kind of gradually got plates as you went. It was yeah. it was a linear experience for sure. Um, but in terms of where you want the cheesecake located, you want it seven or eight, not not three. Right. It was after ma- the cheesecake. Didn't you go with spicy meatball? Yeah, I went straight cheesecake to spicy meatball. <laughs> I think it, I think my order was pizza, cheesecake, tuna, spicy meatball. Wow. That's not my order. That's not an order. My uh, order was meal. shrimp, chicken kebab, uh, popcorn chicken, to pizza, to yeah. spicy meatball. I could have had three of those spicy meatballs. They were so big. Um, <laughs> they were so big. They were really good too. Sometimes you get a lot of breading in the big ones. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of breading in those. No, for and sure. they had a slight like piece of Parmesan cheese on top that was nice. They too. did. That was a very a very luxurious touch yeah. for sure. Um, they, they had t- you know, tuna tartare was there. Um, that it was it was a strong food showing. Uh, I think maybe our best meal in Vegas so far. Um, the quesadilla would probably be number two, right? Yes, loved. The I think steak it's our current, current ordering. I might go are, back for it. What what are our plans for tonight? Because I know we're getting together with Grant Paulson. We're doing a whole fan night out. It's going to be awesome. There's only one place Grant Paulson wants to eat. I know that, and that is Yardbird. That's Yardbird. Well, so we we're going to have a, sit, to a nice sit down dinner. You'll need to put your thumb on the scale if you want to be sitting anywhere other than Yardbird tonight at dinner time. Remind me, Yardbird fried chicken. Yeah, but what else do they have? Yeah, American American dishes. I'll, I'll pull up the menu here uh, yeah. while we talk about because it, it is like a, a national chain. Right. Um, it, where is it, the closest one to Washington D.C.? It is in Washington D.C. Oh, there is. That's what makes this a particular wacky that he's insistent on. on right. Doing we go it out to Vegas right now. Right. And in <laughs> Vegas, yeah. That's um, you know, like we can't get this anywhere else right. in the world. Right. Um, it's a little bit like In and Out starting to get that vibe. They have In and Out here. They have In and Out in a lot of places. All right. Yardbird classics: chicken and waffles, fried chicken. Lemon rosemary rotisserie chicken, shrimp and grits, lobster mac and cheese, pan seared scallops, yes, grilled blackened salmon fillet, St. Louis ribs, Creole crusted fillet, New York strip, surf and turf, and lemon basil rigatoni. When I was a kid, didn't love scallops. As I'm I'm developing better taste buds, really love scallops. Um, the the seafood I've. I've like never fully come around on his oysters. Yeah, me um, neither. I know that's a fancy people thing. Yeah, uh, not not for me though. I was the only person that went to Oyster Fest at River City Roll. Did not have one oyster. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never acquired that taste. I've always been all in on scallops. Yeah. Um, the objection, of course, being you don't get a lot of them, so it, it may depend. You know, if I have like a pregame meal, scallops might be the exact right play in that hour because mm-hmm. I'm I'm anticipating eating again. At some point after the concert, I am, I am too. That's the one thing that I kind of regret we didn't do last night. Kind of woke up with a bit of a hangover because I didn't get like pizza or a should, taco. Should have had a slice the in the Luxor. Should have had a slice to, to shut down like the night. the night before. I did have a tweet from Trevor. Wants to know if the pizza's as banging here in Vegas as it is in Virginia. Uh, yes, absolutely. If you missed the story yesterday. I, I lost all my money gambling, went to get a slice of pizza after losing in poker. 
place was about to close. The guy said, look, I don't like throwing away pizza. You paid for one. Here's three slices. I love it. <laughs> can, can we address something that's been on my mind today? Yeah. You've been walking around waving this this winning ticket on your VCU game. Yeah. yeah that's not cash. You have to take it to the window to get the <laughs> I know. Are I'm going to lose Are it. you going to, like, frame it? What are we doing here? I kind of want to frame it, you know? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, the you, biggest winning ticket of my life. Dude. You're allowed to go exchange that for cash. You know that, yeah, right? Right, right. <laughs> the problem is, once I exchange it for cash, I will then... Lose that cash at the table. That's a good point. That might need to be your last stop before losing yeah, Vegas. Right. So you have a little <laughs> something in your pocket on the way home. That's, a, that's a good observation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like here's, that. here's a question for you. All right. So we're here because of Bud Light. Love Bud Light. We're drinking Bud Light. We're, we're killing Bud Lights. Bud Light big game week. If we still have some money left in the budget, okay. I would love that Voltaggio Bros restaurant, the retro Voltaggio, because that's the greatest steak I've ever had in my life. I was uh, I was running the numbers last night. I don't have money left over. Oh no! Uh, yeah, no. Oh we're, no! We're not even a little bit in the ball. <laughs> the, those Ubers are uh, are adding up quickly. <laughs> uh, the the checked bag fee. Um, yeah. It's not that they've been nickel nickel and diming me. They've been fifty-ing and seventy-fiving me yeah. all, all the way through Vegas. Yeah. No, you're right. The the Ubers have been a bit expensive. I haven't eaten a steak yet, though. Maybe tonight's my night. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So it's been a ton of fun. We'll be back tomorrow, two more days, live from Radio Row here in Vegas. That's Michael Phillips. I'm Adam Epstein. It's Grant and Danny coming up next on The Fan.